Welcome to the Discography Deep Dive Review with your boy, Cole. So, as you heard the intro, welcome to the Deep Dive Discography. So, the reason I chose Mr. Josh Turner, as I explained in one of my previous podcasts, that uh, Josh Turner is one of the reasons that I like country music the way that I do. And I felt like it was almost kind of, I don't know, it was like a sign or almost, because I looked... The other day, and Long Black Train's anniversary is actually this year. It's the 20th anniversary of that song. If we're being technical, it's like the 22nd, but it not published. So, anyways, we're going to go ahead and start. Um, this took a lot of time, a lot of listening hours, and I'm not even going to lie to you guys. After I got to the point last night, listened to the albums for... The second to third time, I was like, you know what? I could use a little break from Mr. Josh Turner, even though I love you so, man. But I just, I need a break. So as soon as I got up this morning, I put on my road trip playlist, which has a variety of stuff. And it was kind of a nice, relaxing uh, change of events. But So I have my notes ready to go. And literally, I did every single album from Long Black Train, his initial album on 2003, all the way up to what he released... I think in 2021 or 2022, which was his Christmas album. I kind of, I don't know, it blurs the line of what is country music and what isn't. But I went ahead and just did his whole uh, his whole collection here. So first thing is I would like to share a little bit about Mr. Josh Turner. He was born November 20th, 1977, which means he's 45 years old today in Hannah, South Carolina. Remember that. South Carolina will have a lot to do with his music as we go through his selection. Um, growing up, he was in the church, which also explains always has a lot a lot of gospel themes and stuff in his music, and not necessarily just in the gospel albums themselves, but also he has like one or two songs in each set that will have a gospel background or a gospel twist to it, right? And you can tell that religions paid a big part in his life. He grew up in the church, which he learned how to sing in his church quartet, The Thankful Hearts, and he sang bass and baritone. And a little fun fact is he actually had a throat a condition arise while he was doing that. And as he went to professionals, they said just let it heal on his own, which may or may not be how he ended up with his uh his voice his tone like his dark voice because he's always saying bass but i thought it was kind of interesting fact anyways in 2001 he made his initial debut at the grand Ole opry singing long black train on december 21st and not only did they like it initially so well that they just stood up and cheered for him but he also played an encore which means a lot I mean, you get an encore, you get asked for an encore on your first song that you've ever done in front of anybody, I would say that's a pretty cool song. And he was signed by MCA Nashville, who he is currently still with, which is crazy to think about, to have a uh, a record label be around with you that long. In 2003, he released Long Black Train. So the first song on Long Black Train is, guess what? Long Black Train. And if anybody's ever listened to any bit of country music on the radio or whatever, I'm sure you've heard Long Black Train. If you not, do yourself the service of going and listening to that song. It's the song that got me into country music. 
Um, and that is one of the songs that has like a gospel meaning to it, right? And it's very deep. It's about being lost, some people being lost, some people being found. And it's just one of those things I would highly suggest if anybody's never heard that song, please do. It's in his top five like most hit songs on Spotify, and it's done by Numerical Listens. It's fifth, which is kind of crazy to me. But once you get like down the set list a little bit more, you can understand how, because, I mean, it's his first album, so not many people is going to be listening to his music. Another song that I, uh, well, another song, I, I did every single song on the album and wrote notes about uh in my dreams it's kind of like an in touch song with about cute dreams about a relationship and stuff like he really wants to be in his dreams which is with this particular person what it ain't it's a relatable song song for someone who you love but they do not love you back and honestly that's one that i was like wow that's that's a little powerful i, I think that's actually one that i added as I was going through the album reviews and stuff, which is one of my favorite things is going through old albums and finding songs that I've never heard before. And I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good song. I'm going to add this to it. Uh, I had one time is another song and I will say the steel guitar. Mm, so present, like it's killer. And honestly, as I was doing the review, it was my second favorite through this album and probably like my third or fourth favorite overall and the lesson that you can take from this is just don't take life for granted because we can lose anything in a blink so it was a very relaxing and interesting song and it really vibe with it it was really very old school which i mean back in 2003 that's kind of like what music was and it really is just stood the test of time i guess if that makes sense uh, Jacksonville is a song about a rambler who is mesmerized by a woman on vacation, and essentially this woman has made him want to stay in Jacksonville. So it, it's kind of it's kind of a nice little love song. It's got a very nice beat to it, very slow, but yet has a little bit of energy with it. Backwoods Boy is a Turner classic. I would say that it's in its like top ten most played songs. It's kind of like the old uh, Hank Williams Jr. A Country Boy Can Survive is essentially the same thing, just in a different vibe and a different voice and, a, and different words, obviously. Um, it's about just being content with life, with your southern roots showing in the song. So, Unburn All of Our Bridges, I love the song because it's that turmoil at the house. It's when you've been married for a while, you've been with somebody for a while, and you're not necessarily on the greatest of terms, like... You're still speaking with each other and stuff, but like the love is is still there, but it's like fading a little bit. You get kind of complacent with life. I thought that was really a really good song. Don't mess with Jim. I was like, this is just like a little fun little ballad about a, a man that shoots pool, and then another guy comes from another <laughs> comes from another state or whatever, and comes try to play pool against them. And these people are like, hey, you don't want to mess with Jim. So yeah, it was a nice little relaxing song to add to all this heartbreak and love and stuff it's it made me smile at least she'll go on you that's another one and it's just to make sure you take times with the ones that you love man because you never know what's going to happen a uh, good woman bad i said it's just an interesting song probably my least favorite on the album 
Um, just, I would recommend anybody go through any albums and listen to it and make your own justification because a way songs that hit other people is kind of interesting because like one song that I really don't like may hit somebody different and may be like, wow, that's really relatable to me. So the difference between a woman and a man, a very smooth love song about how we should keep our differences aside essentially to make sure that, hey, I'm a man. And I may not always talk about my feelings, and you may talk about your feelings all the time, but that doesn't mean that I don't love you. It's not because I, you know, I don't say I love you every single day, but that doesn't mean that I don't. It's just, it's a difference between a man and a woman, essentially. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. So, now we're on to Your Man, 2006. My all-time favorite Josh Turner song, Would You Go With Me? Now, this when this song comes on my playlist, I'm just sitting there head bopping going down the road it's just got that nice beat it's got a very nice melody to it very up tempo it's one of those ones where you're like okay i i see you josh i see you and like i said it's my number one favorite and the melody of it just being so smooth and so nice along with that dark voice ooh, just masterful Baby's gone home to mama. I says upbeat, but other than that, it really doesn't have much going for it. It's kind of like it's complacent in this album. A No Rush, another nice love song, and this is something that you'll find a very big trend of as we go through Josh Turner's albums, is he loves his love songs. And at, at a point, which we'll get to, it's just like, man, there's a lot of love going on here. So No Rush is a nice love song about not rushing in the life and losing yourself in love, which is a good lesson for anybody. I mean, just think about all the times that we we go to work, we come home, we're tired, we watch TV, we do whatever we do to re- unwind. You know, go home, drink if that's what you do, watch TV, listen to music, play video games, whatever, you know. And sometimes we just forget about showing the love. Your Man, <laughs> now that is his number one song on Spotify. Just what an amazing song. It's, I would say it's one of the top ten love songs in the 2000s for sure. It's one that's very iconic to me. The layering between it is exceptional. Um, One song that I heard and I was like, what in the world is this? It's called Loretta Lynn's Lincoln. It's very catchy. It's got that alliteration of three L's. It's got a great beat to it, but it's just like in there. It's in the middle, and it separates. I feel like it would have been a better asset if it was moved up between No Rush and Your Man so it separates the two love songs, but it's very catchy, and honestly, me and my coworker, Doug, who is like, 71 years old he's one of my he's one of my greatest dudes out there man and he's listened to he's like i've never heard this before and i'm like me neither but he was hearing it you see the little head bopping he was getting into it and i was too so uh white noise so it's kind of like a, a play on words for like the red neck honky tonk music right so uh being in the honky tonks like a white noise for people it relaxes them kind of like tv static essentially for some people so that's really, it was a really good song. I believe that had John Anderson in it as well, which was a really cool add to that. Um, I may be wrong on that, but I feel like it was because he has a lot of uh, 
a lot of people that come and star on his songs. So, Angel Falls Sometimes. That's a song based upon a cliche about the angels falling for heaven and everything, right? You know, like the, the pickup line and stuff. Like, oh, you, are you okay or are you hurting from falling from heaven or whatever? Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's actually masterfully crafted in this, this song. And honestly, a very good song. I would I'd recommend that one too. Lord have mercy on a country boy. So we've all heard Travis Tritt's take on this. And I was like, this is a great song about continuing the heritage of being a country man as everything evolves around him. And Tritt's version of, you know, Lord have mercy. It's like the working man's getting absolutely just stomped all over while the rich people are, you know, having a good time and stuff. I would say Josh's is more about continuing the heritage of being the country man as everything revolves around him. So, like, when he was growing up, everything was very rural, and then the city starts developing around him, and he's trying to maintain who he is in with this city. It's kind of like where the corn don't grow by Travis Tripp, more or less, which is kind of a, a weird assimilation. But I said, honestly, this is a hidden gem. I would... I was like, wow, I've never heard this one before, and hey, I would recommend it for sure. Me and God, I mean, obviously, a Turner classic. This is one of those gospel songs that I was talking about that he adds in here. And there was a very nice guest appearance from Ralph Stanley, which adds a nice touch into the chorus of the second to third stanzas. Gravity is a play on words, obviously, and he's talking about how he, like, fell for this woman like he's fell from like monkey bars and stuff as a kid so that was that was pretty cool and then way down south it's a southern ballad about being just that being in the south and i said that's probably my least favorite track on the album it just kind of feels like a toss-in but i mean not everything that you have is going to be absolutely amazing so 2007 everything is fine this is Everything is fine with this album, right? Everything is fine is exactly what it says. It's the world is fine, which it is not. I mean, all you got to do is look around you and be like, oh, this world is amazing. The songs about enjoying the stuff in life matters the most to you and what's going positively for you. And then just letting all the negative stuff kind of slide off and just concentrate on the good stuff. Firecracker, that's top tier love song very upbeat up tempo it's just that's another one that i would say is in josh turner's top 12 songs at least listen to um another try i said this is a great song about lost love um it's about essentially like hey i i know i messed up and i know i'm not gonna get this person back but i can't wait to get another try to show that i can love the right way the hidden gem to me so not my baby this is another lost love song it's a woman that you want to keep but she's already moved on but you haven't so that's two back to back so it kind of loses a little bit of that uh that specialness if it was separated maybe by trailerhood which is the next track it may have been a little bit better and this kind of breaks up the sadness with an upbeat song about a trailer park. I mean, it's kind of like, you know how Trailer Hood for Toby Keith? It's kind of like the same thing. Except, you know, a lot less redneckish and just more or less kind of, you know. Hey, everybody's cool in the Trailer Hood. This guy's doing this. This guy's doing his. Whatever. Baby, I Go Crazy. It's a love song about just being absolutely into somebody. Like you adore them. You want to be around them 24-7. 
Nowhere Fast. This is also an underrated song. Essentially a song where you feel alone and you're traveling alone. Which I can relate to, honestly, a lot. Because some days are better than others. And you feel like you're just alone in this life. The Longer the Waiting. This is a great military song. Perhaps a little unfitting for the album, but it does stand out. This is essentially about how somebody would wait for this person to come back from overseas being in the Navy and sailing. So it's more saying, like, hey, the longer that you wait, the more the love's going to be worth, you know. A one-woman man, this is a cover of an absolute classic, and it's got that dark voice to kind of complement it, so it's a little bit different, a little different take to it, so it's not, it doesn't blend in with the original, so I'd recommend for sure listening to that. Soulmate, this is a cute love song about standing beside each other through thick and thin, and man, this next song, if there's one song that I would recommend you go listen to, and I will not ruin it for you, it is called The Way He Was Raised. I will tell you the first two stanzas. I was just kind of listening. I'm like, okay, where's this song going? This is kind of interesting. What's the third stanza going to do? Hopefully it's not super sad and depressing or whatever. The third stanza hits, and I said, oh, wow. That took a turn that I did not expect at all. It's like, wow, that's crazy. So if there's one song that you've listened to that you absolutely have no clue about yeah that's the one honestly i was at work uh i believe i was working on a truck um i break down trucks and stuff at grocery store and i was like it hit me and i was honestly about to shed a tear man i was like wow that's that's powerful um south carolina low country kind of playing into how he was grinding the uh honky-tonk scene in south carolina and I would recommend that because that's essentially what this premise of this podcast is about how people are having to work for what they got. It's not easy, especially now that they don't play this stuff on the radio anymore, right? All right, 2010, Haywire. Second least favorite album on his discography. We'll get through it. Why don't we just dance so? Absolute classic. Like, Everybody's heard this song, especially that rhythm when it first starts, but dum dum you know, amazing. I can't really say anything about it other than just if you've never heard it, please go listen to it. It's definitely one of those ones if you do have a significant other, you want to dance with them with it for sure. I wouldn't be a man, so this is like a love song that kind of gets just lost in the shuffle. Um it's essentially being like, "Hey, if I wasn't a, a man, I am a man, I wouldn't be interested in you." Like, it's just being about really digging somebody. Haywire, the track song, is an upbeat love song about being floored by a woman. It's a little nice change of pace in regards to tempo. Your smile. So, this is, I'm literally, my <laughs> note says, there's a lot of love in this album. Not many breaks, so it kind of just feels like a mashup of love songs. And it's like, next one is, loving you on my mind. See above. As fast as I could. I was like, another love song. However... As fast as I could, rocks like crazy. It gets lost in this album. I feel like it would have been more appreciated in a sadder album, which is kind of depressing to say. <laughs> like, hey, I need more sadness in order for this love song to stand out. But it's honestly the truth. 
I'll Be There, another love song, but a different kind. A good change of pace. All Over Me, that's another, as I call it, goaded song. But again, love, 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 and love on this album. And in my notes, I said, all right, I literally stopped taking notes until I got to the Long Black Train, which is the live version of Haywire. It's on the deluxe. I said, this is a very good version, a good taste of being with Josh live. Your man live's also good. So Punching Bag, this is the next album, and this came out in 2012, right? 2012, and this album is absolutely fire. This is the number one album, in my opinion. And this doesn't mean, hey, all his good songs are on this album. No, this is how an album should be constructed, how it should work out, and has that good spacing between everything, and you'll see. Punching Bag, so this is an absolutely like killer start. I know I said killer a lot in the last podcast, but I literally wrote killer start in my notes. It kind of mirrors, like, if you've ever heard Rodney Hackins' version of You're Going Through Hell, Punching Bag's like the same thing, right? It's just one of those things where when life's keeping you down and you got to keep on going, it's such a good song. I would recommend like someone working out could just absolutely bang to this. Love song, shocker, Time is Love, though. It's a wonderful song about not just spending quality time, but the quantity of your time with the person that you love. To be there with them, thinking through. Deeper than my love. So this is back-to-back love songs. I said, man, I hope this is not a trend. But it's a good song. Lots of plays on the word deep, especially with his voice, to project that deepness of his voice into the song, which makes it a lot more powerful. Ready for this? Cold Shoulder. Finally, a heartbreak song. (laughs) It's been so long. And a dang good one at that. Honestly, it's a great play on the term cold shoulder how somebody gives you that cold shoulder it's such a good play on that word because it's like talking about how this woman's essentially giving him the cold shoulder in his marriage in his dating life whatever the connotation is for you whoever is the listener can relate to and man does it just absolutely hit different after those nice love songs so see what i'm saying like find me a baby this is a kind of a very innovative idea with like it's talking about hey i want to find the right girl have a family make a baby be my baby make babies but he actually brought him his wife he brought in his kids to sing the uh the chorus which is a really nice touch it works for him as you will see down on the road because he actually does some more of that now paul bearer now we've all heard about how a paul bearer and if you've ever had the unfortunate uh unfortunate circumstance of losing somebody in your life you may have been a pallbearer and everybody knows it's like a really really sad time however he does a play on this word so the heartbreak he feels like a pallbearer laying someone to the ground as he's losing this love and it just hits really really different so for the love of god is his spiritual song in this album and i don't know like some people say oh like for the love of god blah 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 he does plays on those words like cold shoulder paul bear he brings in different ways of thinking which is very innovative in this album this album absolutely just kills that aspect i was there this is another spiritual song 
said God is always there. He's like saying, I was there when you were born. I was there when you were like choking on that first cigarette. I was there when you about died in this crash, but I was also there for the truck driver to swerve out of the way so it wouldn't hit you. Mm. Amazing. Left-hand man. So this is about staying by your significant other's side through it all. And one thing that I will say about this song is once you get to the like third chorus about how he's talking about being with her in the ground, being to the left side, it's a nice play. Because, you know, you would say most people would be like, oh, it's a right-hand man. But left-hand man, I guess, essentially for like the wedding ring and also for like, hey – you're like on my left hand when I've, you know, passed away. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. All right, Deep South 2017. This is his last country album that he's put out all originally by him. And this is the one where I just absolutely could not do it. I mean, I just, I couldn't. So Deep South, this is another version of the song that he did before. And I say this is a song about being proud of where you're from. It's like All About You, Hometown Girl. I was like, shocker, more love songs. Beach Bums, more love. But hey, I said at least it stands out about making a beach road trip, right? Southern Draw, more love, Girls Are. And then I was like, that's essentially like the epic chase for women, for guys. And if you're a guy, you know what I'm talking about, like. But chasing the one that you really want to settle down with, it's not easy, man. Especially in this day and age, nah. Just, guys understand. Never had a reason, wonder, one like mine. I literally just said skip. I said, I, I can't. So, I would say the one album that I would definitely not recommend is Listen to Deep South. There's really not a song in there where I'm like, this stands out, this is really good. This was the one album that I'm like, Alright, I can't. I just can't, man. And it's kind of interesting to think about because this was his last original album. So after 2017, he's not released anything with songs that necessarily he's wrote or co-wrote with anybody. This is the last hoorah for Josh Turner, right? And because the next one he does is I Serve a Savior. It's his gospel album. I mean, gospel songs, I can't really say, hey... This is a good song. This is a bad song because it's all about your taste. And I will say that gospel music and bluegrass have a great root in country music. And you can't essentially get rid of gospel music and country music because it's always there. So I did review this. Serve the Savior. This is a good cover song. Really well done. Especially with that low voice. How great thou art. I said this is one of my favorite hymns of all time. So I'm biased. But... It's a good song, especially how he's able to hold that deepness. The River of Happiness is a live version, and I said it's interesting because it really doesn't have Josh singing. It's more his wife and children, and it's very, like, kiddish. So it does separate everything in here. Amazing Grace, I mean, this song's like the goaded song of gospel songs. Like, all the matter in the gospel hymn book and stuff but this is like the one where like what hymn do you know or have you never been to church what hymn do you know everybody knows amazing grace at least the first line right and one cool thing about it is you can definitely hear the like the lighter tone of his singing i mean it stood out long black train live from uh 
I think it's Gator Studios. So this is a internal version of Long Black Train. It's a little bit different. I said definitely stands out. Um, there's a doxology, which is short and sweet. It's like 40 seconds. Um, like when I used to go to church at the church that before I went to my college, um, they would sing this as the tithes and the offerings were being walked up. So this one is kind of like, oh, I, I can I can write to it because I've heard it before. Me and God, so this is just Josh in it, and he killed it. So I can't really say anything, right? Because the original version has uh, Stanley in it, but he does a really good job of just being him, right? All right. This is what made me fell in love with Josh's music again. Country State of Mind 2020. All covers, man. Every single one of them. I'm No Stranger to the Rain. First song, boom. Just wow. It makes me wonder if, you know, Josh was throwing in the 70s. He could fit in easily, right? So I've got it made. Having John Anderson in the version, this version of the song really brought out a variety. So having Josh's, like, dark voice and John Anderson's, like, light, nasally voice, great. Why me? Chris Christopherson's song is just, that's like Chris Christopherson's like go-to, right? Christopherson's wrote so many great songs that other people sang and made it great. Christopherson wrote this song and it made it great because of his raspy voice. And you actually get to hear Christopherson in this. I think it's about second chorus through. You actually hear him sing, which is great. And it was a good counterpart to Josh's dark voice and Christopherson's dark voice. Because you got Christopherson that has a really raspy, like, old voice. And Josh has got, like, that smooth, dark voice. So it's a good countermeasure to it. Country State of Mind. I said, hey, man, Hank Jr. would approve of this. And I'm sure he did. I can tell by the way you dance. I said, this is an interesting song for him to sing. It's uh, pretty much just a little... Fast-paced little love song at, and Forsaken, right? Beautiful, slow, and an interesting choice on the album. The tempo matches the voice. So I really can't say much about this. I don't even think I've heard the original version of this, but it's nice and slow. And that kind of measures and counters Josh's voice, which can go high and low. But when it's super low, he's able to keep that like smooth rhythm to it right slow smooth rhythm forever and ever amen i mean i can't even say anything this is the best cover on the album and especially how he brings travis in at the very end just oh man pulls the heartstrings i mean without randy travis i would say country music would be in a being a rough spot because he he held it down for a while, for sure. Uh, Midnight in Montgomery. This is a very nice song about how the mind boggles uh, about him and Alan possibly in the song. Uh, I would love to hear a version of him and Alan singing the song together. Good old boys, Dukes and Hazard, Absolute banger, man. Him and Waylon together would also be stunning. And that's kind of like when I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, Josh is a great artist, and I feel like he would fit in so well into the older days of country music. Like, he could be thrown in the 60s, the 50s, and the 80s, the 90s, and he could live. You throw somebody in, like, Kane Brown, for instance, I know, out of left field. You throw him in the 80s and 70s, I don't know how he would turn out, you know? 
Let's see here. You don't seem to miss me. That's a good heartbreak in this one. It kind of breaks up the good feelings in the songs, right? Uh, Desperately, a love song. I was like, hey, this is the first one on this album. I said, hey, that's another great way to break it all up, right? And The Caretaker, a great way to conclude. Very sad, very slow, and Johnny Cash would definitely approve of his cover of it, I do believe. Alright, so you have Your Man, which is the deluxe version. It's a re-release. There's only three additional songs to this, right? There is Your Man, live from Kansas City in 2012. And I said this feels as raw as a recording can absolutely get on a live album, which isn't a live album. It's just an addition. The crowd is really into the song, and his voice sounds great and plain, and it sounds unedited, which I really like. If I get live albums, I really like the people, the producers and stuff, to really not touch as much as they can. I want it to be original, regular, right? Would you go with me in Plant City, Florida? Never even heard from Plant City before. Like, didn't even know it was a place. But hey, the song, amazing version of it. Would recommend it. Me and God live in Cali uh, Argo, Florida, I do believe. Uh, the version of Me and God is actually slow compared to the initial. And like kind of like a throwback Roots version, very bluegrassy. And it kind of shocked me. So, all right, Christmas album, right? This is his last album, 2021, Joy to the World. Very bluegrassy version of this classic. I would say this is the highlight to me, Angels We Heard on High. I said he sounds really good in that. That's the top, not the title track, but the first song on the album. And it's just got so much instrumentals. It's kind of distracting for me. I can't really hone in on his voice, which I would say Josh's greatest asset is his voice because he's able to go from that low to that high. That's just one thing that I took. What he's given me, I said there's a lot less instrumental, which I noticed. They said there's some background singers, very smooth compared to the first track. King Size Manger, keep it simple. I mean, very slow. Was able to use that dark voice of his. I've already told you about Joy to the World. Soldier's Gift. I said, hold up, I changed my mind. This is the best song. This is about how the soldiers out there fighting for our country as people are enjoying Christmas and stuff. This kind of slows it down for you to think about, hey... Think about that soldier whose gift is giving you gifts for Christmas, not in the physical sense of like, here, you know, this soldier sent you this from Iraq or his gift is the freedom of being able to celebrate. And that shocked me because I'm going to be honest with you, right? I don't really like Christmas music that much. It's not my go to. I know that's like. Whoa, you don't like Christmas music? What's wrong with you? Are you insert other religion here, right? No, I <laughs> I just don't like Christmas music. It's not one of those things where I'm like, I can't wait till it's Christmas time so I can listen to Christmas music for three months. Or, you know, in some cases, people listening to Christmas music after Halloween or even before, you know, whatever. I can't do it. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. The whole entire Josh family is in this one. Or the Turner family. I was the Josh family, the Turner family. And it made it stand out. It was a little twist on you have yourself a merry little Christmas. Go Tell on the Mountain. Very catchy gospel version of a Christmas song. It actually sounds like you're in the church. Because they have like the people like clapping. You kind of get like that move to it. You're like left, right, left, 
left, right, left. You know, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Okay, I can't even pronounce this one, but it's a Hawaiian sing-along to Christmas, right? Yeah, Malay, Kalikama, my Oana. Yeah, butchered it, absolutely. And I listened to this twice, and I still can't catch it, man. I literally have to write it down. Right. The first Noel slows it back down after the really too fast pace songs. It's kind of like the Silent Night slow beat, which we'll we'll get to that. And then we have Santa Claus is coming to town. I mean, this song's been done by so many people, so many versions. But is it kind of funny that I can literally close my eyes and imagine Josh Turner as Santa Claus singing this as he's going down chimneys? Like visualization that I can see is just seeing Josh Turner just running down, delivering long black trains down the <laughs> the chimneys or something. Uh, it's a great song, though. So, Silent Night, Holy Night, slows it back down and actually has a violin in it. So, it's... That violin's like... I don't think it's the first time I heard it in a Turner song, but it was like the first time I've heard it in a couple years. So... You're like, okay, so we went through every about every single song. There's some that I skipped because I was just like, I, I can't recommend it, so what's the point of me even talking about it? But you may ask, why did we talk about this, right? So my goal in this is just to kind of get people to listen to albums and stuff because I feel like that's a thing that people miss out on these days is they just listen to the greatest hits. And I will say, as a young lad... I'm still fairly young, but when I was younger, Greatest Hits was all I would do. I'd buy the CDs, Greatest Hits, Greatest Hits, Greatest Hits. Like, oh, this song's banger, 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 right? No. Listening to albums and discovering those songs that you never even heard of, and you're like, holy crap, man, this is amazing, this is great. How have I never heard this? And then I'm like, I know, because no one pushed this song. And that has that correlation to now. How these artists are not being pushed and these mainstream artists are, right? So I'm like, okay, this this is a great thing to do. And, you know, I may not do it weekly because whew, I don't know if I could listen to artists weekly all the time like this because I love Josh. Like, Josh is one of my favorite artists of all time. However, I'm sitting here like I could go without hearing Josh for just a few days at this point. Like... Not saying I'd skip a Josh Turner song at this point, but I'm like, man, I, I <laughs> it's a lot of turn, it's a lot of deep voice for me. So, I wanted to essentially give a rating, right? So, the discovery value of the discography for Josh, I'm doing these out 1 to 10. I have a couple categories that I want to do. I would say the discovery of it, like all the songs, I would give it a solid 7 out of 10 for sure. Because... I discovered some really, really good songs in here. And I also found some really filler songs, like that whole album of love songs. So relatability. This is a really important one. I would say that 80 to 90% of songs that Josh plays, you can relate to. Now, the love songs or whatever, they may or not be as, you know, you are in life. But however, at some point, you probably could relate to them. I would say 9 out of 10 for sure. I would say originality. I'd give him a solid 8 on that. There's a lot of songs on here where I'm like, okay. Who else could play this? 
like the play on words and stuff, like Punching Bag and Cold Shoulder and stuff. The originality of those titles, amazing. So I would say an eight for that. Um, I would say the organization of the albums, like essentially how he layers every album out. Not say not necessarily like music chart wise, but like how the tracks go. I would give him honestly, I'd say a six out of ten because I'm not saying he's bad because that's above average. It's just some songs I feel like could take advantage of being moved up the order, down the order, and just separating so much. And if there was a little bit more heartbreak in there, essentially, it'd be great. And I know that's kind of depressing to say, but it ain't all happy-go-lucky all the time, man. And a lot of his albums, you t I mean, if you took the happy versus the sad and you added them together and divided it by whatever... Your happy percentage is definitely going to be way higher than the lower percentage. So, By the lower percentage, I mean, of course, the sad. And then probably last, I would say like the instrumental, like the true country roots, I'd give him a 9 out of 10 for sure. I would say the only point that I could take off is all the love songs all together. And that's like my biggest gripe going through. So taking all these scores, a 7, a 9, an 8, a 6, and a 9... I think it would be fair to say that Turner is a straight-up discography, not just Turner himself. It's an 8 out of 10, which is 80%. I would say 80% of his discography is great. There's not much I would change. I would say 20% of it would be – could benefit from some moving around and stuff. So, all right, I am done. I've been talking forever. This is probably going to be the longer podcast that I could uh, formulate here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, episode 4 will be recorded right after this. I'm going to have to think for a minute on what I want to talk about. But, hey, that's why we do the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. I will see you guys later. And peace out. And keep loving country music. See you guys later. Bye.